starting now. And we have kicked off. It is the podcast play on at podcast play on at beer rap bants beer rap and banner at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. This is our fortnightly football podcast reviewing all things in the Premier League and around the world. I go by the name of Ben English. I'm Ash. What's that name? My name is Cal Sirius. How's everybody doing? Very well, guys. Very well, guys. I hope no one's going to the pub this morning. Um, <laughs> keeping it at bay. We're recording on a Saturday afternoon, early kickoff for once rather than Sunday. So hopefully we'll keep the energy going. Um, I'm well, guys. Hope you're well. Ash, how you been doing? Yeah, good. It's been a good week. Um, last week I was definitely tired and had a lot on, but managed to achieve with some big things this week. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all energy and all ready to go. And I was at the pub at 6am. No, I'm joking. Never. Never. <laughs> How have you been? Um, I definitely haven't been chugging it down at 6am. Um, I've been alright. And um, I have uh, I was actually a little bit encouraged by watching Spurs get smashed in the other day. Uh, so, yeah, I've been pretty happy with that result there. Uh, and I'm also quite excited about the guests that we've got coming on our show today. Yes, yes. So, without... Um, he's a friend of the show we've had him on Beer Rap and Banter in the past you can check that out on YouTube and all um, podcast platforms he's a recording artist he's a podcaster he's uh, an actor very funny guy um, we introduced you Skillet how you doing bro hey 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 how you guys doing man thank you for having me and, and, and before I start can I just please uh, play my national anthem please Gonna say, I'm sorry, a little bit of technical difficulties. <laughs> Bear with me. He's already thrown the curveball into the podcast. This wasn't on, this was. <laughs> I mean, I could go on, but maybe I'll be, that'll be terrible content. But yes, Liverpool have won the league after 30 years. You don't, yeah. Liverpool won the league and um, obviously we had to get a Liverpool fan on here uh, regardless of uh, you know thoughts or whatever from other fans but it's all love this is what we give uh, people a platform to, to share he's already started drinking I don't think he's <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking there what are you drinking there Skillet some San Andreas Salvuk Blanc it's wine from Chile it's pretty dope actually pretty nice I definitely butchered it with the title, how I pronounced it, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's celebration week, you know. It's been a long time for this. You have, you have. So, I mean, obviously you're a Liverpool fan. Do you just want to sum up the season in three words? Sum up the season in three I words. I swear. <laughs> you can do. Fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> it's been too long, man. Like, Congratulations. You know, do you know what it is, right? And all seriousness, because I'm, I'm, I'm actually very a humble Liverpool fan, if I'm honest with you. Um, but um, I, as soon as we signed Klopp, I, I, I had so much confidence this guy was going to turn it around. I didn't think he'll turn it around so quick. But, um, I mean, it's been, what, four or five years since we had Klopp? And um, I just knew this guy had something. Like, obviously, we, we all know about his track record in Dortmund. And, you know, we know he did the impossible there. So there's no doubt that he was going to do the same at Liverpool. Um, but... To actually see it play out, it's, it's like it's one thing thinking it and being like, yeah, I can see this happening. But you don't really honestly believe, after like 30 years of nothing happening for so long, you don't really like 
you tend to believe that Liverpool's kind of cursed. You feel like, ah, oh, we're a cursed club. We've come close with the, the Fernando Torres, Benitez era. We came close with the Suarez, Sturridge era with, with Rodgers. And you just feel like if we ain't going to win it then, I don't see us winning it again. But um, no, nah, man, it was, it was great. So it was just a great, it's a good relief, man. And um, I think that our club, right, and I, wanna, I don't want to gas up the thing, but I do feel like we are the best club right now in the world. First of first, 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 I don't think that anybody could argue that there's a club doing better than Liverpool. When you look at everything that Liverpool's won uh, over the course of this season and last season, who can really compete? Yeah, and I think adding to that point, I think you've got players that are all in the peak at the peak of their powers. Yeah, so I think Man City, we see that there's they've got some exceptional attacking talent, but there's a little bit of unrest there in terms of they don't have. The right centre-back base, um, obviously, we're going to go into a story a bit later on that one of their be- better players have moved on. But you've just got, there's so much harmony at Liverpool at the moment. And I think, like you said, it's been a four or five-year project and you've ticked off every single aim that you've wanted to hit. So, fair play to Liverpool. Um, fair person to say it for a few <laughs> fans. There's a couple of you that I really like, but the, mo- the, the majority of you are just really entitled. But well done. Well done. Well done. No, I hear you. You know what? I'm not. I'm not an idiot, and I don't. It's not like I don't see it. I do. There's a bunch of Liverpool fans that they just chat so much greed, and they <laughs> and, and they and they they don't want to let go of things, and they believe that they've always been the best, which has never been. No, that's not been the case. Let's be honest. We've for the past thirty years, we've had a big deep dip uh, since the since the Sooners era. When Sooners came in and managed our club, we've had we've been we were we were terrible for so long. And we had good teams. We've had really good teams that were like title challenging teams. You know, we had really good players, but we just couldn't, you know, we just, we just couldn't hit. You know? And then the fact to think that to be delusional and act like we've been great all this whole time, it's not, obviously that's not the case. So, um, but it's good to see, man. And, um, but there, there, is a, there is a group of us that know that too. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm happy for people like us who've been humble throughout the years and not talk too much smack. We banter. We all have banter. We all have our little moments, but Deep down to it, I can always be objectively honest about Liverpool, and I'm I'm happy to see where we where we where we're going, man. Hopefully, we can maintain this a bit more longer. You know, we'll see. That's what you said. I mean, like you just said before, seeing the progression since Klopp took over, being um, sort of in different positions throughout the seasons, and being so many points behind Man City, then to just being a point or so, and then to now being 20 points ahead of them or so. Um, and just, just, just the progression has been phenomenal with everyone, the staff, the recruitment staff as well, and how uh, cutthroat Klopp can be. So now you just got to just think about how they're going to progress and just maintain it, kicking on to next season. Um, obviously, there was an early exit in the Champions League, but what do you think, just briefly, they're going to need to do in order to sustain this for another season? Um, could it be new players in? Um, could it be... Uh, just trying to keep the whole squad happy, some of the bit part players. What do you think they could be doing? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I feel like Klopp's got a great philosophy and, and he's all about unison. He knows how to make that club tick together. There is, it's a brotherhood. It's, it's a family. He knows, he, you know, he, he disciplines with love. He also, obviously, Klopp can be very harsh too. Don't get it twisted. Like, you see the man hugging someone all the time in the pitch. You see the man showing love, which he does do, which is great. You know, he's, he's kind of like a father figure for these guys. But, if he, when he wants to, he can, you know, he can go off on these guys and, you know, bring the best out of them that way too. Um, yeah. I feel, I feel, yes, I feel maybe, I feel like what Klopp's really done well is not focus on big high-profile names. 
big high-profile signings. I think what he's done well is bring the best out of every good player and make them a great player. You know, you see it with Mane. Mane is a very good player. We all knew how good he was. I remember my friend Flu, shout-outs to Flu. He's a Southampton fan. So when we, the day we signed Mane, he was like, I'm going to tell you now, that boy is special. He said that about mm. Mane. And I said to myself, okay, you know, we'll see. You know, I don't know. But, you know, he was right. But you bring somebody that has special qualities, but they can go to a different club and not shine. I think club knows how to bring the best out of everyone. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we should continue with that. I don't think we should... I mean, don't get me wrong. If we get Mbappe, I am not going to complain. Um, <laughs> first of all, I want to make, make it clear. I don't... I want to make it clear that I don't think we will get Mbappe. I want to say that for sure. I don't think we will get him. But if we did get him, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. But, but I feel like getting signings like Thiago, like from Bayern Munich, a, a fantastic oh, player, and making him you know, a Liverpool player and him being as great as he is in Liverpool shirt, I mean, that's, I think things like that could really help the club. Mm. 100%. 100%. 100%. I don't think it would work with Mbappe there as good as he is, but I think having someone like Thiago Silva in the centre mid, the way Fabinho's arguably been sort of your most important player with what he does will help. Um, we're just going to move forward to, to, to the results recently. I think we'll kick start with the Manchester City-Liverpool game just to bring you back down to, to, to earth briefly. <laughs> we, usually, we usually go through order of the game, but I thought we'd start in reverse because this was an interesting one. It was the current champions against the old champions, the old guard. Um, the uh, strange game because there was no fans, obviously. Uh, the league had already been done and dusted, so there was no pressure um, Manchester City obviously having to celebrate or a half-hearted celebration of the Liverpool players um, as they walk past. Um, I'm just going to start with Ash and then get get Skillet's thoughts. Um, can we just talk about Phil Foden first of all and De Bruyne and just yeah, what it was performance and and Sterling to be fair. I think we have to big up Sterling because in the last game um, he got bossed. Gomez, Trent stuck it on him and actually his form dipped after that. So I think he had a massive point to prove. Um, won the penalty, um, scored a good goal. Is it a uh, played really, really well. Definitely a penalty, hundred percent. But can I just go? Can we go back to the start of the match? Because that is the worst guard of honor I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. That guard of honor was disrespect. One guy like basically walks off before Salah's even gone past him. Like it was, it was crazy. They didn't really want to do it, but you should do it. Like if they've been the best team this year and there's games to go. Like you clap them on the pitch. It's just it's the it's the dumb thing to do. Um, yeah. But then that's what I'm saying. You clap them on the pitch and then you clap them up on the pitch, and that's what City did. So they did they did they did the first part wrong and then the second part well. Do you think if the fans had been there, it would have been because I know the Manchester fans and Liverpool fans has always been a bit of back and forth. But do you think that the fans there uh, acknowledging good football and paying respect, they probably would have given them a better. A guard of honour, or you think they would have just booed them and just made it fight even more so? Well, what you got to remember is there's stadium announcers and stuff like that, so they'll be they'll brief the crowd to say, yeah, this is going to happen, and can you clap on the new champions? And there could have been a few boos, but actually, I think in a sporting term, you kind of you you clap them on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, with there being like kind of silence and no one really leading it, you could see that the Man City players didn't really, really want to do it. Was it? Um, and they, were, and they were really wound up for that game. They were really, really wound up for that game and it proved in the scoreline. Yeah, it was. I feel um, the way... 
I mean, Liverpool started off well, obviously, Salah hitting the post and then a few chances with Mane. They were trying to get the press over the top, that direct ball over the top to the left-hand side where Mane was obviously mm. explode um, and then just didn't quite take their chances. And then, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, he's got to be player of the season if he stays fit for the remainder. And, you know, if they win the Champions League, he could say player of the season. And then my young favourite, Phil Foden, just top. Just showing everyone, you know, that he's this, he's just so highly thought of. Um, 4 0, maybe flattered City. Uh, and then the Mara's goal at the end, which was a ridiculous call, should never have been the handball call. Actually, that goal should have counted. Mm. Uh, so it was a funny one. Uh, Skillet, what was your thoughts after the game? You know, sort of, do you think it was just a, a matter of a sort of a hangover from, from winning the league? Yeah, we didn't give a shit. <laughs> Why should we care? Like, we just won the league with seven games to go. We were one of, we would have won this league back in March or April because of the COVID, it delayed us winning the league. So the time when we finally... Cause remember, you have to remember, before COVID happened, we had two games, go, two games left to go and we would have won that league back then. So we were just waiting for us to win the league. As soon as Chelsea beat City, the game was done. Like, it was like we, don't, we, don't, we have no reason to go... If, if I was club, I would have played my B team. Like this is our this is our third loss in the Premier League in two years. Third loss. Mm, Why do you care? We we done what we had to do. We proved we're the best team. And for you to say Kevin De Bruyne, don't get me wrong, a classic, a great player. I'm not saying he's not, but to have him and you say that he might be the best player this season with Liverpool team there. I I think that's a disrespect. This who, would have, who would you have it? Well, hold on, but why? Yeah, why? I'm interested. Because because Liverpool haven't lost. We only lost two games this season. We won the league with with how many games left to go? It's a Liverpool player has to be counted as the best player of the season. And I would say maybe Van Dijk. I would yeah. say. Yeah, I'm not discrediting that. No, no, I'm just throwing it into the mix. Just throwing it into the mix. Um, so can, can I ask a quick question? So yes. when so when Van Dijk won it last year and Salah won it the year before, did you have that same energy? When Van Dijk won it last year and Salah won it the year before. Uh, well, hold on. <laughs> no, 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 that's a good question. But, but, but the thing is, we won Champions League last year. I don't think City's going to win Champions League this year. I don't see it. But the season before, you didn't win the Champions League. And my point is this. This is based on what's happened in the Premier League. So, as a collective, I can completely see what, what you're saying. But if we're talking about outstanding individual performances, Kevin De Bruyne has delivered no. more of those than any other Liverpool player. The problem with Kevin De Bruyne is that the rest of the team have let him down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, like, listen, in all honesty, De Bruyne is obviously up there. Of course he is. Mm. But I, I'm still going to give it to back. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Um, we'll, just, we'll just fly through the results quickly without sort of dwelling too much on them because I'm just conscious of time and then fixtures. Uh, we had Sheffield United 3, Tottenham 1. Um, Come on. Come on. Decline. on. The, Tottenham on the decline, just like Jose Mourinho's nipples in that training <laughs> You've seen the picture. He's got... It, is, it does look a bit mad. He's in the training top. Tottenham on the decline. And with, um, uh, with Kieran Dyer's uh, PlayStation 5 haircut, it's looking... <laughs> um, West Ham United 3, Chelsea 2. West Ham, I knew they would win that game. They needed... Mm. And mm. It, was, uh, it, it was necessary in the cards. They're fighting for their lives and they usually step up against Chelsea. Everton 2-1 Leicester. Now... Leicester on the decline, arguably. Uh, the gap between Leicester and fifth was once 15 points. 
now it's down to three. I mean, win this weekend, you know, trouble in paradise, possibly Pratt's uh, not been doing what he's meant to be doing. Barnes, Madison, not showing great guns. Um, Arsenal four, Norwich nil. Just quickly, Ash, thoughts on the Arsenal-Norwich game? Well, I mean, what a howler from the goalkeeper. Um, the team selection was pretty strange. There was no Saka, there was no Nketiah. Lacazette has to go for me. Um, I know he won 4-0, but I just, yeah, I'm just not impressed with him at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, Bamiang did good. Cedric got his first goal. Um, Xhaka, good goal as well. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's two decent results for Arsenal. Um, just touching on the West Ham-Chelsea game, that is a massive win. West Ham were in so much trouble. Obviously, Chelsea kept going 1-0 up. And that goal just before half-time for West Ham completely changed the game around. So, I'm really happy to see that because, yeah, Chelsea were kind of getting a little bit ahead of themselves. So, that was a really good win for for, um, for West Ham. Nice, nice. I mean, we could touch on the Arsenal a bit later on down the line. Mm. Uh, Bamiyan being the fastest player to get to 50. Uh, Bellerin coming off and Cedric scoring. Uh, Lovely Bright- goal from Cedric on his left foot, though. It's a great finish, great finish. Uh, Brighton Hove have been getting brushed with Man United. Man United looking the sharpest out of all the teams. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Teams aside, Marshall's my captain this weekend. Um, but we won't talk about my fantasy football exploits because quick, get, quick, getting tired quick of one on that league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Get on that one. The, the third goal, um, Mason Greenwood's pass to Fernandez for the volley. Like, yeah. what a goal. Like, outstanding. And I think Greenwood is really going to be kicking on. Uh, Maui's starting ahead of James. They look a much better team. And he's a he's a real talent. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he flourishes in the next few seasons. Nice. Um, right, moving forward now to the fixtures. We've got an earlier kickoff. So, Skillet, what we like to do briefly is just uh, try and predict, like we know what we're talking about. This is like Loro's predictions, but uh, maybe not as camp. Um, and with that, <laughs> so, what we'll try and do is we'll just go through the games quickly. We've got Norwich and Brighton Hove Albion this afternoon should be kicking off now. Um, Norwich, Pukki and Campbell on the bench, not playing after the Arsenal game. Uh, their manager was like, we, we don't need, to, you know, this is not so much a fight for our lives, but we need to, need to look at our own personal performances. Uh, we'll just go for the prediction. Uh, I don't know who wants to take that one first. Norwich, Brighton, it will be Watts. Um, I think Norwich are absolutely finished, mate. They're um, they're not really the, looking the greatest. You know, they had a good start and they've kind of fizzled out. And uh, when you look at the points gap between them and you know Bournemouth and Villa, both of them having a game in hand, um, I just think Norwich are absolutely finished. They can fight, but yeah, they're done. Okay, okay. Um, Leicester Crystal Palace uh, again. Leicester need to turn it around. I fancy a home win. Uh, Skillet, what's your views? Leicester, Crystal Palace, any thoughts? I think Leicester will take this one. I think, yeah. I think it'll be a draw. Mm. This is the time to get people's ackers down. Um, Man United, Bournemouth. Now, we're all... An absolute massacre. Or could Bournemouth no. get a draw? You know, they got battered by Newcastle. Um, St. Maximum. His headband absolutely destroying them. Can we see further? Can we see past the Man United win? Nope. No, this is going to be Fernandez show again. Pong, yeah, Pong, Pong, Fernandez are doing madness right now. They they they're gelling well and it's bringing the best out of United at the moment. So I could see United winning. I think United next year will be 
someone to talk about. Definitely, definitely. it's good to see uh, Paul uh, doing so well now with Fernandez taking a front seat and him sort of not having to be the man, but just letting his football do the talking and the media spotlight's not on him because we all know how talented he is and, and a, a great player. Um, just moving forward, we've got this is this is possibly one of the standout games of the weekend. Wolves Arsenal. Uh, Wolves have become the new Arsenal. You could argue in recent seasons, solid, uh, great counter-attacking, and the Jimenez Traore partnership. Um, I'm going to go with a draw. I'm going to go. Oh, with, I'm, I think Wolves going to win. Thank you. Oh, I really want to say a draw. What are we saying? But God, Ash. Come on. Wolves, Wol- no, Wolves have conceded two goals in eight games. And they have. So, like, they're a, they're, a real, they're a real strong team and they're going for that Champions League spot. Um, I think we might sneak a draw, but, yeah, that's the best result we'll get. That's nice. Kyle, what's your thoughts being a Gooner? Wolves-Arsenal? Uh, you know what? Arsenal are really um, not in the best... Um, shape at the moment. I know we won the last game, but um, well, last couple of games actually. I think it's three in the bounce now, isn't it? But mm. I don't know, man. Wolves are looking really good. Yeah. Uh, Trail Ray's looking strong. Yeah, I, I would hope Arsenal can get a draw, but I could see Wolves winning that one. Mm. Okay, so a mix there. And lastly for today, Chelsea Watford. Uh, I can see Chelsea bouncing back after the West Ham disappointment and turning Watford over. Um, I see a Chelsea home win. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Giroud to score as well. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Okay, cheeky little, cheeky little uh, bet there going down. Maybe from Ash. Uh, this is jump to Sunday quickly. I want to ask Skillet on Liverpool Villa now. After the after the beating of Man City, are we going to see a full strength team turn Villa over, putting them sort of further down into the misery, or will play some of the younger players and give Lallana and Oxlade and others a shout? Yeah, it won't be no full strength team. I don't, I don't see Klopp um, reacting to that in a in a in a way that's going to be like, oh, we need answers. Let's put on a strong team to show people how good we are. I think he's going to have a mixture of young and old, and you know, we might not win convincingly. I think I think Liverpool will win, but it'll probably be like a one nil or something like that. That's nice. Uh, we've got Burnley Sheffield United at the beginning of Sunday, which looks like it could be hopefully a draw. Um, I only say hopefully because I've got a couple Burnley, Sheffield United players and defenders in my fantasy football team. Um, and then we've got Newcastle, West Ham, which that's a bit of a nothing game. Good so game. No, that's not a, that should be a good game. Because remember, West Ham still need a win. Um, and while Newcastle are probably safe now, um, at home especially, they can be quite, they can be quite a force. So I yeah. think that'll be a decent game. Steve Bruce has changed the formation now, which the players seemed a lot more... Mm. I know they tried 3-5-2 and then into a fourth... 3-3. Three, three. They, they weren't... They were a bit toothless against Man City in the FA Cup. Uh, Dwight Gale missed that sitter, which could have changed things to make it one. Mm-hmm. Went on to, to get the second. Offense, Newcastle. And then lastly, Southampton City. This should be this should be a good game. Both play good football, um, but I can't see anyone stopping Man City. Just carrying on. Just building up the momentum to get them ready for Madrid and for Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, City, yeah. City's a bulldog. They're bulldozing through this now. They're, they're, they're on one so yeah definitely thank you right those the fixtures of course they could all change we're recording this Saturday afternoon and by 
Sunday night we could have got these all wrong, but you never know. General <laughs> <laughs> news, news, Cal, do you want to kickstart with this uh, interesting article regarding diversity or more diversity within football and uh, someone well known within the game stepping forward? Yeah, I'll just give it a quick mention. Uh, so former footballer Eni Aluko is getting involved in the lack of BAME representation in sport. So uh, she's also the Aston Villa Women's Sporting Director and, of course, a former England international. Uh, and so what she's going to do, she's going to speak with the Digital Culture, Media and Sport Committee on Tuesday to address this. Um, and so also addressing those MPs there will be Paul Cleal, who is a non-executive director and advisor to several sport sporting bodies, including the Premier League, where he actually sits on the equality standards panel. So this seems like a really big deal, this this uh, this meeting going on here on Tuesday. Um, and uh, it's literally going to be about trying to improve diversity among football clubs, governing bodies and equality in football at all levels. And I think this kind of thing comes off the back of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and uh, I just think it's a really positive thing to mention. Uh, so shout out to Eni Aluko for getting involved in trying to really try to really shake things up at the leadership level, yeah. opposed to just what we see on the pitch. Mm. It's important. It's important. Very important. And not just football. That this needs to happen everywhere, everywhere in workplaces. You're getting a workplaces, in, in, especially in cities where black and Asian people are, you know. Uh, not, I wouldn't say the, uh, the majority, but, you know, they predominantly live there and, and we need to see more uh, people of colour in these higher positions. That's the only thing. And, you know, hopefully this can enforce change and better opportunities for more black and Asian people in the future. More black managers. Yeah, well, yeah. Not, yeah. Just, not just black managers, but physios, coaches, uh, yeah. um, on the sort of board of directors, just helping with the whole ethos of putting the team forward and then that will trickle down and more money into grassroots I mean we can all uh, acknowledge and, and, and see the importance of having diversity within sport on a ground roots level uh, whether you've played or whether you're working in education or you know people so we welcome it Ash I don't know if you wanted to add to that before we move on yeah no I just think it's really really important and I think um, off the back of what the PFA did with uh, Martin Sordell and um, Liam Senior um trying to kind of get presence at the table is a key part of making change. So sometimes you can you can try and get change from the outdoors by knocking the door down. But once you're inside, it's a lot easier if you just open the door. Um, and I've always used that analogy. And I think it's right. I think we need to do it both ways. We need to knock the door down whilst also trying to get people in positions where they can open the door for us. Nice, nice, nice. OK, uh, just moving swiftly on. We're just going to say a quick acknowledgement to a Liverpool legend. Could you say Liverpool legend? Oh, that's a stretch. <laughs> well, Milan Barros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, said it. Nah, that's not Liverpool legend. I would love to get your thoughts on that, though, Skillet, because uh, uh, for me, I was watching Barros come up as a youngster, as a teenager, thinking this guy's incredible. And then he signs for Liverpool uh, under Julier. And I kind of felt like Julier ruined his game a little bit. He kind of tried to, to, to change his game. Um, made him lose loads of weight. He was a big, powerful striker before. Um, and then maybe he, he it kind of affected his performances. But I don't know, maybe I had a soft spot for him because I kind of liked his game before he even got to Liverpool. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on it? 
on uh, his contribution to Liverpool. He's actually retiring at the end of the season. No, definitely. Like I have, a, like you just said, I have a soft spot for Barras too. Like he, before he joined Liverpool, he was he was actually amazing. And then when he joined Liverpool, he actually wasn't bad. Don't don't get it twisted. He wasn't a bad player. He did some good stuff for us. And um, I, you know, the one thing I always remember Barras doing is the assist to Gerrard in the Champions League final with the back heel, which was like uh, amazing. But um, I wouldn't, yeah, I. I wouldn't say he's a legend, no, not for Liverpool, but 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 he worked hard for us and did his thing. So big up, big up, Barros. He won the Champions League, for you, didn't he? Or with you? He, he yeah. was part. Of the, he no, oh, he no, part, no English. He was he was part of the team that won the Champions League. Right. The, the guys, the guys that won the Champions League for us was the guys like Gerard and Smicher and 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 Alonso. Them man there, them man won the Champions League for us. Because Liverpool fans and Carragher, Carragher put a shift in. and Dudek. Them man, them man won Champions League for us. Oh, I thought I, I thought I thought I thought Haman won the Champions League. For you. Haman, that, yeah, that, Haman. that was the change, wasn't it? When he came Haman, on, Haman second goal. Haman, Haman was the second goal. Was it the third goal? I can't remember. Gerard no, was he the didn't first. score. He didn't score. He came on at half time, and I think he pushed Gerard slightly further forward, and that completely oh, right. changed the shift of the game. Yes, Ashley, you're right. You're spot on. So it's yeah, cool, man. I know. I know more about Liverpool than you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're one of us, my bro. I don't know why you're wearing that. Never, shit. never come, in a come month join, of Sundays. Come join the real team, my G. Never. Talking of talking of medals and <laughs> thoughts on uh, Jurgen Klopp saying that everyone in the squad will receive a league winners medal, uh, even the young players that have only had one or two games. Uh, and he was saying even if he has to make the medals himself, he feels that what the young players and the uh, the bit part the bit part players do to contribute in training should be recognised and he even said he'd give them one of his medals if it came down to it I mean that's just a nice gesture from, from mm. the self isn't it yeah nice you'd want <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's nice it's nice it's, it's lovely it's like it's good to give recognition I don't know I don't. I wouldn't go as far as to make my own medals make these guys like, you know, that's a bit much you know what I mean but but because but, <laughs> if I was clock I'm keeping that thing like I'm keeping it I'm sorry, but um, it is a nice thing to say because obviously, yeah, we don't recognise backstage talent enough, especially in sport and, you know, how their contributions to why people play so well. You know, these people should be probably praised for it, but, you know, it's, it's not as easy as that, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice gesture. It's a nice gesture. Nice. OK, moving on. Uh, Nike are introducing uh, the new Nike football claims to revolutionise the game uh, and it will be look to use in the 2021 Premier League season. Now, this football um, is a result of an eight-year inv- investigation into improving ball consistency. Um, I know we all remember when the sort of the older footballs came out that were changing directions mm. and said to be provided a bit more of a fairer ground for keepers. Um, I'm saying if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I quite like seeing the ball move in the air if it's hit right. And I know players are, are spending hours in the training ground trying to develop different ways to hit, strike the ball, to cause trouble. And we want to see more goals, don't we, as fans? Mm. We don't want sort of shots that are easily savable, although, you know, we, we, we do sort of feel for keepers sometimes. But I, I'd like to see a ball move around in the air and if it's hit properly. To, so, I, you know, I'll be interested to see what, this hap- uh, what happens in the... £120 for the ball. Wow. No. I'm going to make sure I that to the neighbour's garden or that I don't go in a tree. Um, it, it might just turn out, Ben, that when you hit the ball, it, it actually feels a lot better than other balls you've hit. 
in the past. I think that's the whole point of it for it to, you know, if you're aiming for the top bins and you're, you're thinking I'm going to hit this outside of the boot, swerve at top right corner, that it actually goes exactly where you want it to. Um, opposed to, you know, maybe it not going exactly where you wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> the complete opposite direction, shattering a window or something. Like that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Rosette. Oh, it'd be interesting to see. I'll be, I'd like to play. I'm sure someone's going to, some someone's going to break out the new football when they come with their full kit, full kit wanker status. <laughs> it looks gorgeous, man. I'm looking forward to seeing it and maybe having a go myself if, if the local lads get it down here. Definitely, definitely. Well, we're going to try and sort out a football game. I know, I know Skillet's on board with some of his, uh, his friends that we, we know from, from East London and we got the other podcast people on the, on board. I had Ryan from Don't Be A Dick podcast talking about he was going to try and clamp me out of the game, but I said sort of, Throw some respect on the name of the podcast. So we shall wait and see what happens there. Um, moving swiftly on, we've got Leroy Sane moving to Bayern. Mm. Now, Bayern Munich have just won the league for an eighth consecutive season. Um, they've absolutely dominated Germany and they're on course to win the Champions League. I've got them as my sort of, as my outside bet. Not even an outside bet, but they, you know, I think they could do as good as Madrid or Man City and winning the, the Champions League. Um, this is only strengthening them for next year. And a snip as well, just just under mm. four. Um, Ash, what's your thoughts on Sane and City where he was sort of wanted to move? I think it was getting, he was getting on with Pep or it wasn't working and he wants to sort of head back home to... So, I mean, the, the, the price is crazy. I know Skillet was talking about Mane earlier on. So Mane and Salah both went came for under thirty six million. So if Bayern Munich have now bought Leroy Sane a few years in advance when he's proven he's won league titles, everyone knows just how much of an exceptional talent he is. They've got him for forty forty nine million. Um sorry, forty nine million euros. Um and I think with like some add ons it can kind of go up to, to fifty one million. That is just when you're seeing Coutinho going for that one twenty, was it, or one ten on Hazard went for big money and you've got someone who's coming into their prime, has a point to prove, and he's already an exceptional player. This is this could be one of the best deals done in the last ten years. Especially like, that's a, that that's how good I rate that's how big much I rate him. Oh yeah. And that's yeah. just how good of a deal that um Bayern Munich have got themselves. Especially because they um Serge Nabry and they've got the fullback, the Canadian lad. Who's oh Alfonso Davis? Oh my goodness me, what a player! And Lewandowski's just got Player of the Year again. And so could he put himself ahead of Benzema for the best mm. number, the greatest number nine in the modern era? We have to have this debate. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I think I think you're looking at him or Suarez as probably the best number nine. Him, Suarez or Aguero? I don't think Benzema's up there. I don't think Benzema's at the in the conversation. Benzema's Champions League goals though. I mean, he has always played in sort of. Mm phenomenal players but Suarez doesn't get the plaudits he deserves especially Suarez passing I know he's a cheating bastard he can, you know was accused of being racist um, he's racist bro he's racist. Mm. yeah he's racist um, and he cheats uh, but he's he's just a phenomenal passer in football yeah, he is. Uh, of course you can't deny his talent but I agree with Ash with everything he said about Sane I think this could definitely be one of the best deals in the last 10 years he's that guy is an exceptional talent and I don't understand why City didn't push him like they should have. I, I just don't get it. Mm. Pep didn't play him enough. So there were times where, especially in a couple of games against Liverpool, 
where he's kind of gone with Sterling and like an additional midfielder. Um, he he kind of there were some really big moments where he decided not to pick Sane, um, and then yeah. like Bernardo Bernardo Silva came back in, and he wasn't a regular for for quite a while. And it's like, how can he not be a regular? Like I for me, I think he's better than Sterling. Now that may be real controversial, but I think as a wide player, he's the best winger in the prep. And I just think he should always play. I understand what Sterling does and he's a goal threat, but all in all, Sane is the best wide player in the Prem. And City have lost him, but it, you say that, but they've still got Foden, they've still got Sterling, they've still got Bernardo, they've now got Mahrez. Mm. Maybe it's just a bit of evening out, actually, because they had too many good, they had too much talent. Yeah, well, is there such a thing? I think it's slightly different playing in terms of him and Sterling. I mean, they are wide, but Sane's plays wide. I think Mares would be a sort of better comparison in hugging the ch- touchline and beating a player one-on-one. Um, mm. So, phenomenal bit, bit of business from the German league winners. Does, does Sane have any question marks on him now after this lengthy injury? Could he potentially now be an injury-prone player? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a bit harsh. I mean, we'll see mm. how... I think he would do really well in, Ger- in Germany... And, um, you know, even like when Germany didn't even choose him for the World was it the World Cup? Or was, yeah, mm. when Germany didn't even choose him for the World Cup, that was... That was scandalous. scandalous. Yeah, it's confusing to me. Well, so, I think it's team cohesion um, and how he maybe didn't quite fit in or had a falling out with the manager or how he didn't quite fit into the, to the team for whatever reason. Um, obviously, they had to think about these things as a squad. That's why I say maybe Martial didn't go... Um, and there were some other people that maybe... And Benzema's been dropped a long time ago because of sort of bullying allegations and he's a bit of a goon. But um, So I think he'll push on. I mean, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's, he's a phenomenal player. And I'll be sad to see him out of the prem, but I won't be sad to see him destroying Arsenal fullbacks, which he has done in recent years. And Liverpool fullbacks. Brother, that season when City won the league last year... Uh, he was too much. And, and Sane came on in the second half. We were, I think we were 1-1 we were at the time. Sonny came on, destroyed us, bro. Made it 2-1. Mm. Destroyed us. Yeah. Man, like Bruce yeah. Leroy. I know yeah. you get that reference, Skillet. Bruce <laughs> Leroy. <laughs> What's the catchphrase you used to have again? I'm the baddest. The ba- I'm the top. Who's the toughest? <laughs> the mean. <laughs> the meanest mofo down low. Show no. <laughs> Show no. Show no. <laughs> oh. uh, the, wine, the wine's flowing the bantering's flowing the football's flowing um, Kawa how are we doing for time Ash how are you doing for time it's conscious that I know you got to go yeah just about to wrap up I think there's there's that interesting story about um, the women's league though which I want to touch on just Sorry. because um, a lot of people have spoken about football being back and being really really happy and, and stuff like that but there was a comment made by um, one of the players saying that actually football's not completely back because the women's game isn't back so there's been a push for certain leagues have been kind of pulled. So obviously League One, League Two, they wrapped up early. The women's league was pushed was postponed back. The only leagues to come back were the Championship and the Premier League. And I just think it just really speaks about the money that's in the game. Like there's a real push to get these 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 leagues on because the financial repercussions of them not happening are the key thing that's being focused. Whereas with the women's game, a, a little bit lower down the pyramid. It's still kind of seen as a second, like a second-class game. They're almost second-class citizens in, in line with like the Premier League stars. And I did, I think it was a really, it was a really interesting kind of 
um, article to say, well, why has so much been invested in the Premier League to come back when it would have been a lot easier to get the women's game back up and running? And, there's, and there is a need for the women's game to kind of be be, be up and running as well. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on that and find out what you lot's thoughts were. Well, I feel like, I mean, I think women's football is very important and I feel like you can see it growing and growing. Mm. You see more women, more investment. I've got friends who play women's football and they're amazing. And you can see this finally a, a thing where women feel that they're included, which is great. I I would say, though, I mean, right now it's still like it's starting stages and I don't think it's, it can't compete mm. with the Premier League. There's no, mm. There was no way they were going to choose women's football, no disrespect, but over Premier League because of money. And the only reason why they've rushed the Premier League to come back is because of money. The only reason why people are going back to work now is because of money. So um, that's the reason why they made that decision. But but yeah, women's football, I could see that, you know, taking off in the next the next 10 years from now, I think women's football will be something to recognise. Yeah, I think it's, well, it already taken off. I think that the World Cup... Uh, Last year was really big and the one before that was really pushing it and I think the COVID sort of lockdown came I mean it didn't come at the right time for anyone but for women's football as well um, and they were starting to use other stadiums to, to, to pack out uh, and they had the record attendance for an England game at Wembley didn't they which was against Germany possibly uh, I know it's it's getting there um, we support it I mean I was coached by a woman growing up at Kelmscott Leisure Centre in Walthamstow, we got all the Walthamstow lot, and um, Skillet, you're saying, you know, some female footballers, so there are some amazing talents out there, we support it, and uh, we just hope, like, more money gets thrown on it, and more education, and more support along the lines. Right, having said that, I'm conscious of time. Um, Skillet, just quickly, let's let people know uh, what you've got out at the moment, music-wise, and with your podcast, so we can check you out. Yeah, man. So you can check out my. I mean, if you're into your wrestling, if you're into your WWE, I I, I run a I run two wrestling. Well, I run one wrestling podcast, which is called The Kickout, and I'm involved in another one called Gorilla Position. Gorilla Position, we are probably one of the big biggest podcasts in the UK in regards of wrestling content. Uh, so if you like your wrestling, follow us that way. Uh, music wise, I've just released my whole back catalog on all streaming platforms. Just type in Ryan Skillet, and you'll find my stuff there. And um, I've got some new stuff on the way. I'm just I've been recording during, I've been writing a lot during COVID. I haven't recorded anything during COVID, but I've been writing a lot. And, and I've got stuff that I've recorded throughout the years that I haven't released that I've looked back at during COVID and I was thinking, you know what, this could still run. So things are coming. Wonderful. And if you want to know where I'm, follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Skillet World, S-K-I-L-L-I-T World. Same with Instagram. And you can check me on the new BT Sport. Celebrating Liverpool's Premier League because I made it come true. <laughs> me and only me. <laughs> Good to see you on TV. See you on the adverts. It'd be interesting to see how that came about. Um, and you know, good luck. Good luck to uh, the rest of the season playing the reserves or the other players. Arsenal still fighting for Europa League and the FA Cup semi-final, which I'm not looking forward to. Although someone tweeted, it's better to lose the semi-final than to get to the final and get embarrassed agreed i just want to say agreed. i banter my arsenal friends here yeah, but on all honesty when it's not liverpool when liverpool does swag i want arsenal the arsenal's my team hey. I want, I, I'm, I'm not just saying that my, i'm not just saying that because you man are here this is actually how i think all my life i've been like i've, been, I've supported you guys when you guys are destroying united because i hate united so when you guys are pushing it to united the wenger era 
I was all backing at you guys. So and that always that always sticks with me. So yes, Arsenal. You know, I'm. I'm. It's a shame what's going on with you guys right now. But you know, with with if you guys get rid of your board and you know, you can always turn it around. You know, you guys. Yeah. You, guys, you guys are going through what we went through for years. That's what it is. I was going to say, Skillet, we're, we're where you were five or six years ago. 100%. When you had, like, Jay Spearing. Remember that? Spearing, um, man. Remember that? man there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was peak. It was peak. Dead. Dead. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. Cal's now going to edit it to make you sound like an Arsenal fan. And... <laughs> There we have it. Skillet the Arsenal fan. Thank you. For and, and one more thing, sorry. <laughs> defund, defund Arsenal's fan TV. Defund Arsenal Come fan. On. TV. That needs to go. No. Arsenal fan TV needs to get out of here, blood. Because that's one of the main reasons why you man are looking like jokes. Get them out of here. The views of Ryan Skillet are his own and are not the get views them of players. Out of here. <laughs> Arsenal fan TV. Hey we're, trying to, hey, we're trying to secure the future bag, man. Don't mess it up for us. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Listen, you're entitled your opinion. It. I think everyone's entitled to their views. They're just another fanzine. It's just how it so happened yeah. that they got big based off the misery that was going on and the toxic, the toxic uh, views they had towards Wenger and us getting battered. When, when Arsenal get battered, the numbers go up. When Arsenal were doing well with the beginning of Emery and now with Arteta, they're doing better. People don't people don't watch it. I think more people watch the program or the, the channel that aren't Arsenal fans to laugh at the downfall of the mighty Arsenal. But we shall see. We shall see. All things change, just like the weather. Just like this London weather. Um, I'm going to start to say signing off. I don't know if anyone wants to add anything, Cal, before we go. Um, before we go, I would love for, for Ryan to explain why he dislikes Arsenal fan TV so much. Because I think you can't say something so controversial and then not explain why. <laughs> I think it's controversial. I feel I just think that those men like it, they just love being miserable. They love it, and even when you man do well, they're still miserable. And I, I feel like I just feel like they just their attention's about them and not about the club. And yes, they have their views and they have right to voice their their opinions, which is fair. And and and, and I'm all for that. But it comes to a point where you're you're disrespecting the people that are trying their best. They're trying. People are not out there wanting to lose. They don't want they don't want to go on the pitch want to lose a game. No one wants to go on there and, and be idiots and look like a fool. They actually are trying. And it's like what you guys do is disrespect these guys on a regular basis. Even how you guys treated Wenger was a joke. I never agreed with that. So I, I feel like instead of being you know you can have some positives and yes voice some negativity, voice your opinions, but don't come to a point where you're disrespecting man on a regular basis. And that's what they do. So just on that point, I think, while I understand it from uh, that, that point of view, I do think it's a, it's a channel that's, that's given rise to a number of alternatives. Like, um, it has been a leader in the market in terms of what it's done. And I just think that, um, I think it's been slightly spun. So I think before, it was just what we wanted it to be, which is the, the voice of the Arsenal fans going through. But yeah, I think naturally there's like personalities that have been attached to it. People want to kind of be like... A, they want to be controversial but we've had someone on from that and he's the exact same on there that, that he is off there so what i think happens is there are some people that kind of play up to the camera but there are some genuine arsenal fans who just want to get some stuff off their chest yeah. so like lee judges i speak to him offline as well as online and i've seen him there's there's no difference with him does that make sense so yeah. some people play up for the camera but that's not everyone and i think a few i think it's one of those things where a few people now represent the entire brand and that's not fair there's a lot of arsenal fans 
that are kind of balanced, that do that do have patience, that do kind of do that, but they'll just go for the ones who are maybe kicked off because of one thing. So I think it's I think it's I think it's unfair representation across the entire Arsenal um, supporting body. Okay, and that's I would fair. say it's, uh, Skillet's entitled to his opinion. You know, yeah, yeah of course. Um, no, no, we've had, uh, wait, as I said, Lee Judges on our podcast. We've had Mo from Arsenal Fan TV on our podcast. And uh, me personally, I'm a huge fan of what they do over there. And I think all opinions are valid, whether you're critiquing the club or whether you're really getting behind the club and, and celebrating the club and just getting behind them through good times and bad. You know, they've got different characters that do both. I do think mm. there is a balance. If you actually really mm. watch it and you see all of the individuals on there, you'll see there's this Claude and Ty... Um, and it's Ty that's really always behind the club, even when things are going bad. People like Mo, who's always quite pragmatic, always getting behind the club. And then you've got, you know, the other characters, maybe your your DTs and maybe your troops, those type of characters that kind of always seem to be bashing the club. But having said that, I think they do take the rough with the smooth. You know, there's times I've seen DT defending Jacko when everyone's getting on Jacko's back and DT mm. will stand up and say, hey, Jacko's actually had a good game today. So you can't blame him. Uh, for the problems. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I agree. I, and I obviously, I, what Ashley said is, is it's actually fact because there, there is people like that. There's always, there's always going to be a situation people are not negative and people are going to try and talk. I just feel like, obviously, that like the other day when Liverpool lost to City, we had a Liverpool fan call up, um, I think, BT Sport and he was chatting a bunch of nonsense about <laughs> about, about Liverpool. And I just... Like, top, out, top out. Yeah, he was saying, you know, he wasn't saying pop out, but he was just blaming, like, he was just being, he was just chatting rubbish, basically. He was just blaming Liverpool players and telling, telling that, he's saying that Gomez should go and all this nonsense. Well, and, I was, and I was like, when I see things like that, I don't retweet it. I don't engage. I was like, well, this guy's chatting rubbish. I am not going to let this guy, I'm not going to retweet this guy so other people can see it. I feel with the Arsenal fan TV, the more they chat rubbish, the more it gets retweeted, the more it gets promoted. Mm. That's what needs to change. Yeah, you mm. know, we, we, we all work within media or, you know, used to do things. You know, at times negative, bad press sells or negative sells or bad things get hyped up. And the, and the, the knee-jerk reaction to the fans makes people laugh and that's why it's gained momentum. But it's all good at the end of the day. We want, we want a platform to voice their views. Uh, Skillet, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. We really appreciate you. You're welcome, brother. Thank you for having me, man. It was fun. Good fun. Always fun having um, being on your show, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, um, you can check out um, an old interview that we did with Ryan a few months ago. That's on the uh, it's on YouTube and on all podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe. It's Beer Rap and Banner at Beer Rap Bants at Podcast Play On. I've been Ben English. I've been Carl Sirius. And I've been Ash. Big shout out to um, episode 25, landmark episode for the, the Play On podcast. Um, and love to Ben and Cal for all the work that they do behind the scenes to make this happen. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. 25, bloody hell. Yeah. Love, guys. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Peace.